swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Tonight, covering Red Sox hot stove. So, entire episode will be about the Red Sox. Kind of a twist on it. We are going to name six free agents that we do not want. And, spoiler alert, there's going to be some disagreements tonight on some of these. So maybe some of us want them, but each of us pick two that we don't want. We're going to have a debate. With me tonight, Charlie Smith, Job Goddard. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well, man. This is the first time I think I get to work with uh, JG over here. First time I've seen anybody in a minute. It's just been me and Brad just kind of hold down the fort on YouTube. Oh, Yeah. Which, of course, I I never mention at the start like I should. We do have a YouTube channel now, and we've been uploading a few videos a week. They're relatively short. We're trying to keep them around 10 minutes. Absolutely. We've been doing well. Doing all right with it. We're we're getting it reined in. And so, yeah, so you can get some extra content on there. But Job, second episode in a row, trying to to get you into a groove here, you know, since you've uh, joined the crew. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm I'm super excited to be working with uh, with Charlie. You know, first time. Um, I'm doing great. You know, today's my birthday. My city's burning down. Um, it's been an interesting day, but uh, I'm excited to talk some baseball and you know get away from politics for a little while. Thank God. Is yeah. today really your birthday? It is. Yeah. Happy birthday! Hey, by the way, the city burned down on your birthday, man. I know, man. I got a lot of I got a lot of text today about how the party was getting too loud. You know. Yeah, I'm sure, dude. Everyone's just super excited to celebrate for you. Yeah, a little too a little too excited in some instances, unless you ask Harry. But we'll. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Anyway, I I do like my very best to keep politics off of this. You know, so I don't think I've I, I've bitched about the lockdowns a little bit, but you know. For the most part, my uh, my raging, uh, you know, other stuff stays on Twitter. But yeah, so uh, you know, it's it's a cold January night. What are we? January sixth. If all goes well, we're what five weeks away from spring training. Maybe just over that. A little bit, yeah. Before six weeks to report, yeah. Yeah, six weeks. All right, so. Getting there. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to get into uh, six free agents that we don't want. Some of us don't want. Uh, starting with Charlie in the leadoff spot. Who's the first guy you want no part of? You don't want the Red Sox to sign. I'm buying no shares. In fact, I'm donating my shares to anyone who's dumb enough to think that this man is going to be the answer. He's going to eat up your money. I don't see him being anything fantastic because there's just nothing there. Jake Odorizzi, I know I'm going to receive flack for it. You can enjoy that beer for two, Terry, because I think anyone who has any sips of that are going to think that this man is a solution. He's had one good year. One. Last year, 2019, not this past BS year, 2019, that's it. The man is not consistent. He got paid $18 million. The man's going to command probably upwards of four, I mean, over $50 million. He's going to probably command $17, $18 a year. I don't think he's worth that kind of money. Minimum, bare minimum, he's getting two years, 32, with a player option uh, and or team option. It's going to be three years minimum. Uh, I, I just, I can't justify spending that kind of money on someone who's just, it, it, it's, it's like, 
throwing money at Brad Penny. Why would you do that? Like, what, what are you thinking? It's just, it's not logical. He had one good season. He's hit 10 wins a couple of times, but his ERA for the most part hovers over four. His career ERA is 3.92. He has a career record of 62 and 56. This guy does not scream champion and he does not scream 20 million a year. It's ridiculous. So that's my my venting on Oda Rizzi. Charlie hates Oda Rizzi. Job, what do you think of Oda Rizzi? Uh, you know, I think he's one of the more likely options that we're going to sign, uh, this off season. I don't love him. Um, but, but I like him more than some other options that we'll talk about in a minute. I don't, I'm going to disagree with you, Charlie. I think he's had three good seasons. Um, I think he had a good season in 15, good in 16. He was, he was pretty good in 19. It was his only all-star appearance. Um, all three of those, I mean, he was under a 370 RA, which I would consider to be pretty good in this hitter happy offense. Uh, offensive league that we're in. I don't count 2020, so that is what it is. He always throws for about 150, 160 innings. He's got a couple of 190s in there. Uh, he's reliable. He'll go every fifth day. He's got that connection to uh, to the Rays, which we know that now the Red Sox are definitely Ray-happy guys. So I don't necessarily love him, but I, I could definitely live with him as my number three starter. I don't know if I can live with the money that he's going to command. He, like Charlie said, he's going to command forty to fifty million. I look at him and I see a number four, maybe a number five, and we're going to pay him like a number two. That's unfortunate, but that's the market that we're in for starting pitching. I think, um, and I think the Red Sox are willing to commit years to this guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with Jake Odorizzi. What are your thoughts, Terry? Yeah, let me get him in, and then Charlie will uh, will let him. Uh, so, a, a three ninety two ERA makes him the second best pitcher on the Red Sox staff, outside of Tanner Houck, who has a tiny sample size. So, I just, I mean, Erod's e- above him career wise. So is Avoldi. Chris Sale, obviously, drastically lower. You know, is a bona fide ace, and. He had a 6.59 ERA in 2020, but he was pitching injured. You know, he had a back issue, only four starts. Charlie mentioned he did have a good year in 2019, 3.51 ERA. Also, what's notable is that in the playoffs in 2019, the Twins got swept by the Yankees, but in Odorizzi's lone start, he pitched five innings, only gave up two runs against that Yankee staff. So, I mean, there's no perfect option out there. You're going to overpay for Bauer. Um, you know, a lot of these other options have injury issues, performance issues. And I think Oda Rizzi is probably going to command a deal in the 14 to $16 million a year range. If you want to take the higher end of that, that probably puts him on track for a three-year, $48 million deal. Far less than what Rick Porcello got. Far less than what uh, Nathan Avoldi is getting. And I think he potentially could be a number two or a number three. And, you know... I'm a big Dave Bush guy, and I think I need to see more of 2021 to kind of confirm that, but a lot of guys had turnarounds last year with Dave Bush as their pitching coach. Nick Pavetta, um, Martin Perez was pretty good. Nathan Avoldi was pretty good throughout the year. Both of their ERAs, uh, you know, Avoldi and Perez, were blown up by a couple of bad starts where they got shelled for seven or eight runs, but... um, I think you put Oda Rizzi under a guy like Bush, and I think he's just going to be a solid middle-of-the-rotation guy that gives us a chance to win. And I think if you're going on a three-year deal for Oda Rizzi, you probably end up parting ways with Erod, but he's certainly got his baggage uh, as well. So I'm an Oda Rizzi guy. You know, and I, you know, if you took a poll on Twitter, you know, there would be a sizable number of people that probably wouldn't be in favor of him. You know, probably at least 30, 40 percent that, you know, 
wouldn't be, but you know, I, I think I'm in the slight majority um, that that would sign him. My my issue with Odorizzi, and it's funny that you brought up Rick Porcello because Rick Porcello and him are very similar. Um, they do pitch a lot of innings. They pitch a lot in a lot of games, and they eat up a lot of innings. They strike out a decent amount of people, but. Rick Porcello had this really ugly Josh Beckett syndrome where he'd do real crappy one year, and then he'd win a Cy Young, and then he'd forget how to pitch, and then he'd remember, and then he'd forget again. And it was like playing Russian roulette um, with a fully loaded weapon. You lost every damn time. Now, with Jake Odorizzi, he's going to make a decent amount of money. If they consider paying him Nate Evaldi money, that's going to be pretty frustrating. That's like inviting yourself to failure, um, not trying to have that happen again. Oda Rizzi, compared to Porcello, I would still take Porcello over Oda Rizzi based on the innings eating and ability that there's at least a 50% chance you might see a good Rick Porcello. There's like a really slim chance you're going to see a great Jake Odorizzi. I just can't justify paying him more than, honestly, paying him more than 14 or 15 million a year. But I know that the team that gets him is going to do 236, 235, or maybe a little bit less with incentives that he will hit to make it two for 36. If the Red Sox end up getting him, great. I'm sure one of those seasons he's going to get absolutely destroyed. And we're going to be revisiting this. And I'm again going to be entertaining dinner from both of you for doubting me. So here's my thing, Charlie. Is you say that you would rather have Rick Porcello than Jake Odorizzi. Is that at this money that you're talking about? Because two, two and four picks, that's a lot of money to be giving a guy that you're saying doesn't have the brilliance that Rick Porcello shows, but can give you that kind of, that, those kind of innings. I, I mean, are we going to pay a number five or number four that much money? That's the thing is you're talking that he's going to fit in as a four or five. Are you going to pay $20 million for a guy who's going to be your number five guy? Like, that's dangerous. It, it is. But, I mean, if you look at it, the one thing that he does give you is consistent amount of innings, right? And that's the one thing this rotation sure. hasn't been able to give you. And what what's Odorizzi's career at Fenway Park look like? Like what's I'm going to be honest. I have no admittedly, idea. Admittedly, it isn't great. but It's uh, not good. And you don't have the best offense right now in the Red Sox. The Red Sox are not going to be competing in the American League East. The Red Sox will not win the American League East. They will not be going to the playoffs. They will have a losing record. You heard it here first. This is potentially worse than the Red Sox you saw when Bobby effing Valentine was the manager. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, that's too much for me. That's that's too much for me. I was with you right up until you said Bobby Valentine. That was you lost me. Do you know how bad that team was? I I watched every game. I I remember. I don't think we could be that bad. If we are that bad, then I don't know if I can continue doing show every Wednesday during the season. That might be Terry. We might have to. We might have to. Terry. Luckily, we haven't had a terrible full season yet. You know, so. Um, but anyway, with Rick Porcello though, 5.64 ERA in 2020, short sample size, but the season before 5.52 ERA. So basically very similar. And I just, he's going to get probably a minor league deal. I think Yeah. I just, so that I wouldn't go there at all. I just, I think Oda Rizzi was, was trending upward and it was just too bad that, you know, 2020, you know, had the back issue. The upside to that is he'll be cheaper now, but I don't know. We're, we're, we're all far apart on, on Oda Rizzi, but, uh, you know, he's tra- better than Porcello now. He's better than Porcello now, but I can't justify spending him. I, 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 I don't want to talk too much about Oda Rizzi. I just, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a believer. I will be happy to admit, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I was wrong. If I'm wrong, I just don't think I'm going to be wrong about this. What if it's we're, a we're, what if it's a two year deal, just a straight two year deal, no option? How much? Fifteen million. Thirty. Yep. Yeah, so thirty. I, I would do that. Two years, thirty. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I, would say, I would say okay to 230. I think he's getting three, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's two. Um, so, all right, we'll we'll uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Job, who do you have? All right, so this is the only one that I'm going to say. I, I would not raise my hand and say I was wrong and be happy about it is if we re-sign Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't want Jackie Bradley Jr. on the 2021 Red Sox. Um I don't need to go over, you know, all his stats and explain explain why that is, except that I don't know if I could watch that many strikeouts in our outfield this year. Um, when you combine them with the signings we've already made, we're looking at about 380 to 400 strikeouts just in our outfield alone. And I'm a big but Jackie Bradley Jr.'s best season right, where, where he went on the absolute tear in 2016 for the, the month and a half that we had him. We should have dealt him then. Uh, he saves 14 runs a year defensively, and he costs us at least that much in, in strikeouts. I, I just He's going to get a multi-year deal from somebody. It's going to be probably the Astros or the Mets, um, and it'll be three years, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to $35 million, if I had to guess. And the, if the Red Sox pay him that to, to continue to strike out the way that he has been, is unacceptable, and he's not getting any better. His OBP hasn't been rising, uh, with the exception of 2020, which I don't count. It sticks around 315. Uh, it's actually going down since 2015, and I just don't think his glove is necessarily worth the strikeout rate. They do need to fill that hole in the center field. We've talked about it. I just don't want him to be the guy. I, I can't watch that many strikeouts. I... um. I think there's a chance the Red Sox end up getting him back. And that's just because of the level of inconsistency and just lack of depth that they're going to have quality depth. As far as defensively, you're not going to find too many other guys that can do what Jackie Bradley does. And yes, it's super fun to see the flashy glove and sacrifice one bat. But uh, I do agree with Job on this. The strikeout numbers are bad. They're brutal. Uh, his batting average, again, subtracting 2020 because it was kind of a bogus year. We have no idea what would have happened if we played 162 games. For four straight seasons, went from 267, 245, 235, 234, 225. And all of the numbers were regressing except for 2019, which was the year where um, we saw the, the, the juiced ball. If we didn't have the juice ball, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackie Bradley had only 10, maybe 11 home runs. His home run numbers, 26, 17, 13, up to 21 because of juice ball. He's not a good hitter. He's a great defensive player, but a defensive player is a liability if you're going to be playing nine innings because I have to have three, four, five at-bats of you striking out three times. It was awesome when he had that amazing hitting streak. He hasn't jumped. Should have dealt Should have dealt then. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Charlie. We, we, we just don't know what could have happened. Maybe, you know, he was 26 at the time. Maybe 27 he does, you know, the Xander, where Xander started to light up in his age 27, 28 season. We just didn't know. And, and that's the thing is we thought, okay, maybe his offense gets better because his defense is already stellar. Then he becomes a five-tool player. He can do everything. Maybe not steal as many bases, but who knows? We'll see what happens. He stole 17 bases in 2018. He can do it. He just hasn't done it. So now he's 30. Probably not going to be stealing as many bases. You can't get Jackie Bradley back for more than a one-year deal. You're definitely not paying him $10 million. So if a team is willing to give him two years, 20 or 222, hey, JBJ, thanks for the memories, bro, but sign R, bro. No, I definitely agree. I think he's going to get three years. Um, I really do. I know the market for him is huge. Um, teams that are interested include the Blue Jays, uh, the Mets, right. the Astros. All these teams that really want to fill that, that vacant hole in center field and who feel like they have enough offense. I don't feel like we have enough offense or good defense. So, I mean, to me, he just doesn't do it for me. And, you know, I hope they don't sign him to the money that he wants because we have Duran hopefully waiting in the wings to come up at some point in 2021 and be the heir apparent in 22. Yeah. Yeah. Terry? You guys make a lot of good points. I mean, I'm basically right in sync with you guys. You know, you can't – if you signed Hunter Renfro and, and you're taking on all the liabilities he, he's going to, you know, present, you know, with his lack of getting on base, 
then you can't really sign Bradley. That being said, it's hard to not rule it out. I think the organization loves him. The fans love him. And it's so annoying because it doesn't seem to matter how bad, unless your name's Pablo Sandoval, you're going to have 25% of the fan base that will take bullets for you. And, and there's probably a bigger chunk of the fan base than that that will do it for Bradley. And I've never been a huge Bradley guy. That streak he went on in 2016 was fun. It ended at, what, 29, 30 games. Nobody went to bed until we found out if Bradley got a hit. And that was yeah. fun. That was fun. And it was his best season. Uh, but it, it all went downhill from there. I've tolerated him at best. I mean, he's been okay in moments. He was the 2018 ALCS MVP. His only three hits. He was like three for like like 20, and he was driving in two or three runs on each of them. So, but he won the MVP. Um, I just, I'm ready for that era to be over. And, you know, if we didn't have Renfro on the team, I could kind of tolerate it if it was like a two-year deal. I'm honestly kind of surprised. His market seemed hot in, you know, November, December. You're hearing all these teams with interest, but he hasn't been signed yet. And well, his market is going to depend on where George Springer goes because the team that doesn't get George Springer, he's the he's the runner-up for the center field job, you know somewhere yeah uh, this Brantley too you got you got Brantley out there too and I think you a few teams would rather Michael Brantley over Jackie Bradley Jr. because one can actually hit the ball off of a tee and not on a tee I love Brantley I wish we could be in play for him you know he's he doesn't move quite as well as he used to but he's probably good enough to play left field um Look at his numbers bro I, w- I would take him in a heartbeat yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it would only yeah. be a one or two year deal for sure you know, you, you mentioned you mentioned the strikeouts with Renfro. I mean, yeah. like I said, if you combine JBJ and Renfro's strikeout numbers, you're looking at 400 strikeouts just the mo- just those two, right? And so I understand that that would make Renfro, uh, you know, a fourth outfielder. So maybe you're looking at a little less than that. But you can't have an outfield that does that and then only hits maybe a combined 40 home runs between you know, um, maybe 50 home runs if you count. Yeah, count on a rebound from some guys. I mean, I I just can't, I can't see that happening and being yeah. successful. I just I hope somebody signs him quick, and then it's not our problem anymore, you know. But the the one thing though is, it doesn't seem like anybody's like, you know, you can't really put him on Springer's level. But you saw the Mets. I mean, we all thought Real Muto was going to go to the Mets. You know, that seemed like a a, a really high likelihood, but then they went the James McCann route, you know? So, so Bradley is, is the, is the McCann to Springer almost in a way. So we we haven't seen it yet, but if the Astros sign him tomorrow, you know, I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take a deep breath, you know, or the Blue Jays. Congratulations to them. Thank you, JBJ. (laughs) It's been good. We'll see you at some point down the road. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for memories Absolutely. Exactly. So, all right. So, my guy that I want no part of, ex-Yankee, and it, it would be fun to take like a good player from the Yankees. They do. They've done it to us. I, I can't remember when we've done it to them, but this is a guy I want no part of, and it's not Brett Gardner. It's actually Masahiro Tanaka. ERA in his last four seasons. Got utterly shelled uh, in October. Gave up six earned runs in four innings against the Indians in the wild card series. That was the best two out of three series. Has one start against the Tampa Bay Rays. Gives up five earned runs. Again, can't pitch past the fourth inning. This is a guy that just looks completely washed to me and hasn't been great the last few years. And I just don't see, I don't see him getting better, you know, with all, all those innings on his arm, you know, and, and we have, we've had a debate on whether his UCL is still torn or if it isn't, I don't think it is. I think the, the PRP injections, you know, healed it, 
but the the that those injections were like in 2015 so i just feel like if it wasn't completely healed he, he would have been forced to have tommy john by now but still not a guy that i think puts us in uh, a, a much better chance to to win and you know especially where we're looking at potentially a full 6 month season plus hopefully uh, a 7th month uh, in october so Thoughts on Tanaka? I'm going to disagree with you right off the bat, Terry. Um, so he, he does have innings on his arm. He does have the injury issue. Um, but if we don't look at 2020, right, those two starts where he got blown up, you're talking about the season of lost seasons. Um, if we don't look at 2020, I mean, he was an all-star in 2019. He had a 4-4-5 ERA, which admittedly is not great, but he made 31 starts, uh, appeared in 32 games, 182 innings pitched um, before that. Pitched 160 innings, 3.75 ERA. He's been pretty consistent over the last couple of years at making his starts. Started 27 games here before that, 30 games, 31 games. That's what we need on this team, frankly, is a guy who can just eat innings and, and not give you the six or seven runs per game uh, that some of these options give you. And frankly, I mean, Tanaka's always, always been decent at Fenway Park. I think Boston media wouldn't really you know, phase him at all because New York media is very similar. The pressure is there. He knows how to pitch. I would take him on a two-year deal. I would not take him any further than that. So if he gets a three-year deal, sayonara, been fun. Uh, but I would take him on a two-year deal. I would pay him anywhere from 12 to $15 million a year. Um, and I think he solves a lot of problems for you because he's that guy who will start every game. And that's really what we've been lacking with all these guys hitting the DL. If we can get 30 starts out of somebody who's going to give you a 3-5 ERA, I think that solves a lot of problems. He hasn't done that, though, in quite a while. But I mean, yeah. he, he hasn't, but the flashes, of, the flashes are there, and they're not, that far, they're not that far back. I mean, he did fade in 2019. He had a great start to the season and then, and then faded off late in the year, which is probably something to do with a lot of innings on his arm. But I mean, even if he, you know, if you sign him to a one-year deal and you overpay him, which I don't think we, you know, is part of the market that he's looking for, if you can get to the point where Chris Sale comes back healthy, and you really only need him to start twenty-five games, I think he could give you twenty-five quality starts, and that's really what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the guy who, you know, pitched complete game shutouts anymore. Uh, he has a lot of complete games under his belt, like seven complete games or something like that. I'm just looking for the guy to get you. Five innings. Six would be great, but give me five and, and move it on to whoever the hell we fill the back of the bullpen. So, um, and I think he could do that. This is this is my thing when it comes to um, Tanaka, as it was for um, a lot of other pitchers uh, that have said, oh, you know, like what happened to them? And this isn't working, this, that, and the other. When Kyle, I hope I say his name right, Higashioka. Higashioka? I think I said yep. it right. <laughs> he was the catcher for, uh, for Cole. What? Am I saying it wrong, Terry? Well, I, I think Higashioka. it's Higashioka, yeah. Higashioka, sorry. So <laughs> Higashioka, um, when he was catching Cole, Cole was old Cole. When Gary Sanchez, or what's taking over and possessing Gary Sanchez, is behind the dish, it was a completely different thing. So when Gary Sanchez was catching Tanaka, he didn't do great. When Higashi- Higashioka was catching, he did terrible. But he did great with other catchers in New York. He had a 2.77 ERA with Austin Romani. He had a 2.83 ERA with John Ryan Murphy. He had a 1.74 with Kratz. Not that, not, not that much as far as um, a sample size. And he did well with Brian McCann with 3.47. So if you give him a good catcher that knows how to call a game... I think that Tanaka would be a better, a, a really good option. Yes, it's going to cost a little bit more to get Tanaka, but I would be willing to overpay Tanaka than overpay Jake Odorizzi. And the reason for that being is Tanaka has pitched in big game, high leverage situations. Granted, 2019-2020 did not go the way that we'd wanted, I believe, this year, just, I mean, also internationally, like in the England game, that game was stupid. It didn't matter who pitched. Tanaka got rocked. Uh, who else got rocked in that game? Everybody. Everybody. Was pitched. I mean, the game was like 16 runs in the first. Like, dude, it was the game stupid. Was, 
It was dumb. Like, it wasn't his fault. That was just a product of a crappy situation for them. Um, but, but like I said, I think if you put him in a situation where he has a good play caller behind the dish and, and, and pitch caller, just you will see vintage Masahiro Tanaka and barring any miraculous setbacks. Charlie, do you think that Kloecki can be that? I doubt that Vasquez can be that at this point in his career. He's only been average as the catcher behind the dish. But do you think Kloecki could really bring that out of him? I would love to see, you know, if Kloecki ends up being the personal catcher and he generates like a, a great rapport with with Tanaka, awesome. I'm all for it. I, I don't care. I, I want my, my star pitchers to do well. Tanaka slots into Boston's rotation. Number one has an asterisk next to it because when Chris Sale's back, there's no one that's taking his spot. I don't care who you put in there. Chris Sale's one of the best pitchers in baseball, regardless of injury. When he's there, you don't want to face him. There's a chance you strike out three or four times a game on four different pitches, four different ways. It's a slider in different spots. It's still a slider. You still can't hit the damn thing. Uh, Erod has the ability to be a number two. We're still going to wait to see what happens. Myocarditis is is a damning injury and, and, and prognosis. So we'll see what happens with that. Tanaka has no issues. Um, he does have 2,000-plus innings of work, 2,000 strikeouts, career counting both Japan and the United States. So, yes, are innings a concern? Yes. But did he pitch 180, 200 innings this season? No. So this man is rested. I think it's worth giving this man two-year deal minimum. I'd be willing to give him a third year, possibly, because you're likely to hit gold at least one of those two, maybe three years. It, It couldn't hurt you to at least give it a go. Granted, right now, it's either between the Yankees or it's going back to Japan. So the odds of the Red Sox getting and retaining his services are very slim. It's just me personally. I would love to see him there. I know that not everybody would. Yeah, the, the innings, I was kind of saving that for my rebuttal. Um, just under 2,500 innings. And he had pitched just under 1500 innings before he even got to the United States. So this is, this is a lot of miles. I mean, he's 32, but you know, the American equivalence is probably 37, 38 years old. You know, that's the type of, you know, arm and durability he's going to have. And I just, that's scary to me. And he's trending the wrong way. I just, I just don't see how, that's going to get reversed and and suddenly he's going to be you know 2017 Tanaka who was okay but um i just there's just too many arms uh, too many too much mileage Corey Kluber another guy I want absolutely no part of whatsoever 35 years old he's he's got only 1,342 innings, a thousand innings less than than Tanaka does, just for comparison. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, uh, not counting, you know, whatever he did in the minors, only just over a thousand innings, you know, much fresher. And then what we saw in the postseason last October in, in big games, six runs against the Indians who had a bottom five offense. They were anemic all year long. Their pitching saved them, you know. Bieber was phenomenal. Won the Cy Young. Carrasco had a good year. Um, the police sack was was okay, and you know, and but that's what saved the Indians, and and they they still put up six runs on on Tanaka. So I just I don't want to risk a third year not getting in the playoffs with Tanaka and. You know, we're far apart on that, and that's fine. But, you know, that scares the crap out of me. Especially if we're talking multi-year. <laughs> One year, I, I can... I, I, can see, I, I can see that. I just, I feel like two years is not really that much of a risk when you look at it because he hasn't yet shown that the innings have caught up with him in terms of getting out on the mound. Now, maybe you could say, okay, this past October, he didn't do so great. But he didn't throw a lot of innings this year. 
say what you will. 2020 was weird for everybody. We know the Japanese pitchers especially are very routine-oriented. That's always been a thing coming out of Japan. They want to throw in different days. They want to throw different kinds of innings. I feel like if you put him back into a situation where he controls his own destiny and you let him kind of set up the way that he wants to set up, he could very easily fall into a groove again. And you could see the old Mashiro Tanaka for at least one of the two seasons, like Charlie said. I'd love to see it, but I'm just I'm I'm highly skeptical. But we'll we'll just we'll leave it at that. I, and to actually, let me just say one more thing. I would love it if the Yankees just brought him back because I just think he's gonna you know have the year I'm afraid he's gonna have here you know with them. But you know, like I said, we'll you know we'll we'll see what happens. I guess in the in the coming days. Uh, all right, so. We've each gotten through our first guy that we want no part of whatsoever. So, Charlie, go ahead. Who's the second guy on your no list? The the second guy on my no list is someone who uh, it's like the 2020 remix version of Carl Everett. I want no shares of Yasiel Puig. Now, it sucks because his agent is a star, but uh, I want no shares of Yasiel Puig. The man is a... It's like a ball in a pinball machine. You have no idea where it's going to go or how much damage it's going to cause. You have no <laughs> idea how many fights are going to get started on the same team or on the opposite team. You just... You don't want someone who's going to be a problem in the clubhouse on a team that is already full of um, uh, problems. You don't need to add another one. So Puig is going to command a decent amount of money. He got paid $9.7 million this year. Of course, that was shortened up because of the, the short season and whatnot. Yeah, he had 297. And I'm looking at his stats. He hits 20-plus home runs, strikes out a lot, steals decent amount of bases-ish. But is a problem in the club. He's just – he causes too many problems. I don't want the Red Sox to be in the news – because a player got ejected because he just wasn't having a very good day for the 17th time in a row. Because we had that Jackie Bradley Jr., and he handled it like a man. Yasiel Puig is 28 years old, stuck in a 7-year-old's body. Like a 7-year-old stuck in a 28-year-old body. I just, I don't want it. That's it. Done. Done. Uh, I totally agree with you, Charlie. and It makes for a less entertaining podcast, I think, when we all agree. But the way that I look at Yasiel Puig is it's like getting Manny Ramirez without having him in the lineup. It's like if you had Manny Ramirez and you just had to sit him on the bench. It's You have all the problems that Manny caused by, you know, by being himself in the clubhouse, and yet you're not getting the same production at all. You're getting a quarter of that, maybe less. Um, and it's a shame because... I think he showed flashes a couple of years ago of being a brilliant player who, if he could just kind of figure it out, just settle down and learn to be an adult and play the game like it was a job and not like it was a sport, he could be brilliant. And he has the tools to do it. He just hasn't put it all together, and he's 28, so he's not going to do it now. I wouldn't pay him uh, what he's looking for, and I wouldn't want to sign those problems, which, like you said, is unfortunate because if I could sign Rachel Luba, to be the PR person for the Red Sox, I would do that right now. She's turned yeah. her clients into stars from problem pitchers and head cases. I mean, to number one and number two talked about guys in the league, even when they're not even in the postseason. Right. Yeah. It's really a shame. Terry, what are your thoughts? I am putting Charlie's brilliant quote on Twitter right now. So it's posted on the podcast account. And now I'm going to retweet it from my primary account, which I have raised a lot of hell on today. Um, you know, 30, 30 year old stuck in a seven year old's body. That's just perfect. All, almost perfect, actually. Now, oh, no, seven year old stuck in a 30 year old's body. <sighs> I botched it. I did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I did. That now, yeah, seven year olds in a, in a 28 year old's body because that's that's kind of how it is. The temper tantrum and stuff. I delete that immediately. <laughs> I am. Never I redo it because Twitter, you can hide stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. Yasiel Puig is a um, 
circus act. He's a one man circus act. And I we're our outfield is so bad. Like as much as I would hate the move, I hate it a little less this year than I, I would have last season. That being said, do I still want him? No. Absolutely not. Um, but I don't like him. I just saw a report, I think last week, that multiple coaches on the Dodger staff says the guy doesn't listen. He he, he does, does you can't you can't uh, coach I mean, him. He's uncoachable. And if I, if I were to tell you, Terry, that he'd been in the league for seven years, you you wouldn't buy that. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been seven years to me. I feel like it's been like four because players who are 28 and been in the league for that long, they don't act like this. Not unless they're stars and he's not a star. Right. He doesn't produce like a star. And what does it say that nobody, you know, made much of an effort to sign him? I guess the Braves did and then he got COVID and then they just said, no, okay, we're done. And then nobody else wanted him. And that was a super last minute signing. His market was completely dry and his name's come up a few times, you know, this winter, but there's no serious traction. I just, I'm really uncomfortable with him. I mean, I feel like, you know, if anyone could handle it, it's probably Cora, you know, but I, I also don't want, I don't, I want no part of it, you know, so I, I agree with you both. Yeah. And I, I've said this before on the, on the show, I think uh, I was a corrections officer for three years, dealt with inmates, a whole <laughs> range of from creepy to, to murderers. I, I dealt with all of them. And I can't believe I didn't know that. This is awesome. Yeah. So much. And, you know, people don't typically phase me, especially after doing that job for a few years. But when I watch him run his tongue, across his baseball bat, it gives me the creeps. It gives me the creeps. And do you, do you know, T Terry, do you know which player I find really obnoxious in Major League Baseball? Who's that? Is Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. Oh, Juan I love Juan Soto. Juan Soto's at bats. He tries to pimp every pitch by, like, staring into the pitcher just watch him one time because if i'm a pitcher and i strike out one soda on three pitches i'm giving him the joe kelly this face that's the trend though i mean it's okay I wish, to pimp i wish you were recording video we, we could totally make charlie a star right there with that face joe, oh that's a joe kelly face i'm a huge fan of joe kelly joe kelly if joe kelly came into my life i'd be like dude i just want to buy you dinner please bring your wife i'll buy her dinner too like you got you two both icons. I you could do no wrong in my heart. <laughs> Charlie's like a dinner connoisseur. Just I guess so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dinners and desserts, bro. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah, so um uh oh. Five percent. Man, I'm just like just a dumpster fire tonight. <laughs> You're going full Yasiel Puig. Yeah. I don't even know if I can uh, get my charger in there. Um, so, yeah. So, like, would I hate Puig on a one-year deal? I, I would probably, honestly, like it better than Bradley. But, uh, man, it's just that's just one route I just don't want to go. I have this plugged into two outlets right now. What are the chances... It's going to work. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm kind of enjoying watching you try to figure this charger out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's a correct. Anybody, it anybody is charging. <laughs> it is charging. He is not the, not the tech genius. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. If I have problems with my equipment, it's like a 30-minute phone call to a friend that lives 50 miles away to troubleshoot this emergency, which is always five minutes before the show. So, Terry, yeah. can you plug it in? Oh, damn. Yeah, we're in. It's, nice. It's holding steady at 5%. And we got two nice. more players to go. So, uh, Joe, go ahead. Who is your number two guy that you want no part of? So I know Terry. Before I even get there, you're gonna 
call me kind of a hypocrite for wanting parts of Mashiro Tanaka and not wanting parts of it, but I want zero shares in Hope Quintana to steal Charlie's line. I'm sell, sell, sell on Quintana uh, for some of the same reasons. I mean, people like him because he's consistent. He gives you innings. 200 innings for like seven straight seasons. He's got a couple of seasons where he has 136 innings and an injury, and then this past season we're not going to count. He only threw 10 innings this year before multiple IL stints. He's got about 1,500 innings on his arm. He's a career 3.73 ERA guy, but I want zero part of him, and the reasons are this. A, he's gone downhill in the last three years. He went from having you know, a 3.74 ERA in 2017 to a 4.03 to then a 4.68, and then 2020, we're not going to count it, only 10 innings, but a 4.5. Before that, he had you know some brilliant seasons in 2014, 13, even as far as 16, where he was throwing ERA in the threes. Since then, it's been mid fours, high fours. I just I see bad trends. He's 32 years old, come spring training, and the mileage is starting to catch up to him. I want zero part of Jose Quintana, and you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. I think you're going to have to pay him a three-year deal. It's going to be somewhere in the range of 38 to 40 million. Maybe even more than that. I think he is the guy at the top of those mid-tier starters that there seem to be a lot of in this market. One of being Orderizzi, another that we could say is Tanaka. He's kind of at the top of the to-do list for a lot of teams in that in that category, and I want zero part of him. So I feel I feel dirty. Like I feel like I need to take a shower after I say this. Like I feel so bad. Um, I'm impartial to Jose Quintana. I would be okay getting him. I would be totally okay facing him because you don't know what you're going to get. You do, however, know that if there's 33 starts for one pitcher, you're going to see someone pitch 33 times. He doesn't miss a start. He's had 254 career games. 247 career starts. He missed three starts in 2020, three starts in 2012, and one other start, and that was only in 2019. He's going to eat innings. He's going to strike out a lot of guys. Yes, there's been, as Joe mentioned, I agree, a little bit of regression where he had a a low three ERA, 3.32, 3.2, 3.36, and it kind of did jump up when he went to the National League. Why does that seem a little bit more alarming? Your ninth batter is the pitcher, so you should be having a low ERA. Your so ERA should not be going up when you go to the National League. That's just not how it works. It's it Additionally, should it, it should go lower. So I, I do agree with Job there. He probably will get some team to to fall victim and sucker and and give him a two plus year deal. If Quintana is okay on a one year let's see how you do like Adrian Beltre type contract. This is the player I would give it to where I would pay a little bit more than six to 7 million. I would give him a one year, $10 million deal or one year, $8 million deal with a boatload of incentives to see if he can actually do it. Innings pitch wins. The guy's never won more than 13 games. He's hit 13, three times in his career. He hit 13 and 18. He hit 13 and 19. He hit it. Um, uh, in 2016 as well. So maybe he does a little bit better in Boston. I'm curious to see how he's going to do against teams where, uh, it's, it's difficult, more difficult competition. You're facing the Yankees. You're facing the blue Jays. Orioles are a joke. Tampa Bay is going to be good. They always have our number. You're no longer facing teams like the Reds, garbage pirates, garbage Cardinals. So, so, uh, brewers. So, so, um, you're going to actually face stronger competition. So this is a show me what you have, prove to me that you're good type contract that I would give to so, him. So I would give him that contract. I want no part of him at the market that he's projected at, which is a two to three year deal that's about 10 to 12 million a year. But at one year deal, I don't have a problem with it at eight sure. to 10, but I just yeah. don't think that that's his market. I think his market's going to be higher than that. And I want no part of that. What really scares me is, you know, he jumped. He was still in Chicago when he jumped leagues, right? He went from the White Sox to the Cubs. Yep. Is that because the Cubs have a bigger market? 
You know, there's no indication that the teams that he's facing are any stronger. In fact, normally when you go to the National League, your ERA drops half a point, not rises a point and a half. Sure. So my question there is, is that because he's being asked to do too much in a big part? You know, if you put him in front of the Boston media and he can't handle the pressure of it, he might crack. And that's normally not something that I would consider to be a concern, but you're going to have to pay this guy for three years. And dead money is not something this team can afford, considering we won't spend money now because of the crappy contract situation that Dombrowski's left us in. I, I don't even think it's that. I don't think the Red Sox are going to spend money, period. Like, the Red Sox are trying to be like the 1998 Tampa Bay Devil Rays when they were the Devil Rays, and their entire, like, uh, I, I remember I was reading an article one year that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and the Pittsburgh Pirates both had paid their entire team less money than Alex Rodriguez was making by himself. That was a remarkable statistic to let you know just how ridiculous some Major League Baseball contracts are. The Red Sox are doing everything they possibly can to reset and start over. I mean, the Red Sox in that instance, right, in in some instances you see owners, they treat their teams like a business. That's never been acceptable in Boston where you just treat it like a business, you churn out a little bit of money, you're never that competitive, and you move on. We don't accept that in Boston. We championship or bust. Um, and for me, it's very upsetting to think that that's kind of the way that we're going. But I think they've moved on. You know, they now have the undisputed network. They have Liverpool Football Club. They have a bunch of stuff going on All elsewhere. Right. The business opportunities. Their focus is not the Boston Red Sox because we're no longer, frankly, the marquee of their sales pitch. It's now Liverpool Football Club or Anfield or, you know, oh, we can bring Winter right. to Fenway. All this stuff. So it upsets me, but it definitely, you know, I'm hoping that this is a short-term thing and they will eventually realize they need to create revenue in, in Boston through winning. Uh, I just don't see them spending any money for the next three or four years, and you're going to have to spend some money on Quintana. Whether or not that's a risk or not, we can disagree, but I think it is. Yeah. Well, I think we will start spending money, um, you know, big money after not this coming season, but the season after because the Pedroia money comes off. JD comes off, price comes off. I, I think that's you know where you do start spending. But with Quintana, I think it's not out of the realm. He's going to have to sign a one-year deal. I mean, his ERA has been well into the fours the last two years. He's coming off his worst two seasons. He made the most money he's made in his career, $10 million and change both of those years. So I don't think he's going to make more than that, you know, coming off his you know, top, you know, his two worst seasons, you know, he's probably in the six to $8 million a year range. And so it's just how many years now I don't want to go this route. I don't want him either, but to play devil's advocate just a little bit here, what are the pitching programs he's been on? Because I don't think the Cubs were that spectacular. They could never figure out the bullpen. They could never get their relievers pitching well, and then outside of Lester and Darvish here and there, I mean, who else really pitched well, you know, with the Cubs in, in recent years? I, well, Hamels did, I guess, but, but you know, these are, you know, different pedigrees than, than Quintana anyway. And I don't know what the coaching staff was in Chicago, you know, five or six years ago, but they weren't making the playoffs, let's put it that way. Uh, so... I guess I'm just I just have a slight curiosity as to what he could do on, you know, a Red Sox program, a Rays program, um, you know, a Dodgers program, you know. So maybe we'll find out and uh hopefully not find out in Boston, but um but yeah, and his market is is quiet. <laughs> that's like a it's like a funeral home you can't hear a thing you know uh, so yeah. well, you know i think that's a lot of those guys in that mid-tier I mean, we don't hear much about Orizzi. we don't hear much about quintana we will i think we will as soon as bauer signs somewhere if he ever signs somewhere um we're gonna hear a lot about these mid-names because i think a lot of teams are you know like the mets for example are gonna be in on a lot of guys they're not gonna sign everybody so a lot of these guys are going to probably, you know, wait for the dominoes to fall and fly off the board after the fact, especially as we get closer to spring training. You know, the market will develop fast, I think, once the top guys sign. 
And honestly, at this point, who knows when that's going to be. Bauer provided an update yesterday via Rachel Luba and Luba Sports Network. From a lot of teams, they're having conversations, but they're nowhere close. So we might not have, you know, an idea who's signing where or what the market looks like until three weeks before spring training, two weeks before spring training. Yeah, but that could also be her blowing smoke. It, it could be. We don't but know. also, I mean, even if he signs a deal next week, right? I mean, we're still, that puts us less than a month out from pitchers and catchers. You know, right. it's it's kind of crazy to me how late the market is developing, but I think they'll develop fast when it does because time is of the essence. Especially if the players' union and Tony Clark seems like he wants to, you know, get the season going on time, put the pressure on the owners. Yeah, and I think we are going to see it going. I think next week will kind of be pivotal towards that now that we do know. Um, you know, spring training is probably going to start on time. Uh, so the final player, which is my second player, uh, James Paxton from the Yankees. Now, I will say this. I'd probably rather have him than Tanaka, but um, but he's still another guy. I just don't trust the durability. And if you asked me a week ago if there was a possibility we could sign him, I'd say no way in hell. No way in hell because... He had a workout. His fastball velocity was six or seven miles an hour below what you know his previous velocity was. And he's coming off a shoulder injury. So you're like, okay, that makes sense. He's just not healthy. Well, he's had another workout since then. And his fastball's come up a few miles an hour to like the 94 mile an hour range. So it's trending the right way. Maybe he does end up with a team can't imagine it's going to be uh, for more than one year. He's going to have to give one year of solid health, and I think he's 31, 32 already. And 31. I just don't want to be the team that that plays with fire with him. Uh, you know, I should have his stats up in front of me, but he's I don't know if he's ever pitched more than, what, 160, 170 innings? 160.1, Terry. Look at that. You're right, on, <laughs> right on the notes. All right. Without yeah. this, yeah. yeah. Usually I have the reference page up. He's never pitched full season. Yeah. He really hasn't. I mean, that would be my concern. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's, I mean, I completely understand why you would want no shares in him because of, uh, because of everything going, um, because of everything going on right now. Um, I, I think the, the issue with, with uh Paxton right now is if you were to give him it, it's it's like fool's gold you know you don't know what you're gonna get you might get six seven innings and then he gets rocked or he gets injured and he's out for two months or three months you just don't know what you're gonna get with him I wouldn't be willing to give him half of the money he got last year I give him exactly like a prove me contract I give him a one-year, four, five million dollar deal. Like I wouldn't risk it for him. I would be willing to pay Corey Kluber more than I would Paxton. But I'm a sucker for Kluber, so. Uh, as am I. Uh, I kind of wish that Terry had picked Kluber as his. Uh, I don't want shares in guy. So that we could talk about it the whole you time. Do that to me. But uh, Terry, I, I agree with you. I think his health has really just not been there. He does have he does has shown some real promise. I mean, he had a two nine eight and a, and a three oh four in two years in Seattle. There, especially the two nine eight right before getting traded to the Yankees, is to me kind of a big deal. I think he could definitely pitch. I just there's no innings here. There's no reliability, and I think the one thing that we do need is an innings eater. I mean, I would take Martin Perez back. You know, yes, at, my goodness, uh, he would be one of my big big name guys that I would. I would go out and sign. I'm, I'm kind of still upset that we declined his option. I realized we didn't know what the market was going to be, but I would go sign him tomorrow instead of taking James Paxton at whatever money. Yeah. I, you know what I'm actually really curious about is as far as Paxton went, because I remember when Paxton joined, when he became a major leaguer, his first year was 20, what, 13? 2013. 2013. I remember I remember I was like, oh, James Paxton, this guy looks like he can be really good. And I picked him up in fantasy baseball. I was like, oh, man, I have to wait until next year to see what he can do. And then the following year, he got injured again. And I was like, okay, next year, he'll get better. And then he got injured again. 
Year four, same thing. It's the same damn story. It's like Harry Potter. He somehow figures out a way to get out of this like shit storm doing whatever. But I'm curious, against righties and lefties, how does he do against righties and lefties? And also, how does he do at Fenway Park? I want to know that. So I'm looking that up right now as we speak. I want to know how he does against righties. So, I'm sorry, I want to know how he does at Fenway. So let's see. At Fenway Park, he's six and one against the Red Sox. I'm totally okay not having to deal with that BS again. At Fenway Park, to get him off our, get him out of our way. He's one and one with a five point nine one ERA. Sell, sell, sell. My dream scenario is that the Yankees bring both of them back, Paxton and Tanaka, <laughs> and then just be completely <laughs> screwed. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be 32 before spring training, um, or actually just turned 32. I agree with you, Terry. He's one of those guys that if the Red Sox were to sign him, it wouldn't even excite me a little bit because I think you're providing more holes to the roster than you are answering questions. At that point, you're just you're just making bets on who's going on the DL first, Evaldi or Paxton, and I would probably yeah, say yeah. Paxton. <laughs> It's a it's a band aid for a bullet wound that is this rotation, right? I mean, he could hold it together for you know maybe two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> maybe he'll make four starts, and then he's gone. You know, so I just have zero interest in that. I think it's the opposite of what the Red Sox need. What we need is dependability, and he's the opposite of that. So I'm out on James Paxson as well. I'm glad you picked him. Boris is probably asking for like four year deals. <laughs> you know, at 32 years old, he doesn't have. He doesn't have that much mileage because he's been hurt all the time. I think that's probably exactly what he's asking for. He's only thrown 750 innings in eight years of Major League Service time. That's insane. That's dumb. I he's re- only had two career complete games. That's and terrible. Late in the 2019 season, he uh, he pulled a glute muscle. And I went on Twitter. I'm like, what's a glute muscle? And someone told me, he goes, that's, uh, that's your ass muscle. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. well, that, that sounds like a Paxton injury, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, anyway, out on him. So, let's let's wrap it up with just this one question. Of all the guys we've had, James Paxton, Jose Quintana, Yasiel Puig, Masahiro Tanaka, Jackie Bradley Jr., Jake Odorizzi, who's the most likely to end up with the Red Sox? JBJ. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot we did JBJ. I was going to say probably Oda Rizzi, but I think JBJ ends up coming back on a team-friendly contract because I think other teams are like, nah, we don't want that. And I think the Red Sox are trying to save face by bringing back someone that a lot of fans do like. Well, you know, a lot of fans have been, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid that they've been, you know, getting fed by Red Sox ownership and management for the last three years on how he's the best defensive player ever. Um, and they They'll just listen to ownership on that. And, you know, bringing back Cora in a lot of ways. I don't know, Charlie, I wasn't following what your take was on the whole Cora situation, but I know Terry and I agree. That was a big, you know, let's get Boston media off of us for having a terrible season and, frankly, constructing a roster with a lot of holes. I just, I feel like that would be the biggest Red Sox ownership move ever to go tell Hein Bloom, you got to go sign this guy because the fans like him and that way they won't notice that we're not spending money. Right. Yeah, Charlie was anti Bloom like I was, so that makes the three of oh, us. I'm still anti Bloom. Oh, I, actually, I meant anti Cora, though. Yeah, but you are anti Bloom. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like such a negative Nancy now. It sucks. Like, yeah. Oh, what team do you support? The Red Sox. Who do you hate right now? They're, they're Mostly the Red Sox. The Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Yeah, I can't stand them. I, I can't wait to uh, get Terry a uh, uh, Craig Kimbrell hat so he can rock forty six. <laughs> Big fan. That'll never happen. Uh, not, not a Biden guy. It'll probably be forty-seven within a year when Harris gets. Uh, oh my God! Ha- Harris gets big, inaugurated. I had to. I had to. I had to. Let me say this though: I totally get your logic with Bradley, um, and, yep. and that could very well happen. But I think there's just something about Yasiel Puig that Heinblum likes, and I think there's a very good chance he could end up on the roster. He's going to be way cheaper. And, uh, you know, and I, I think Oda Rizzi uh, stands a good chance at, at coming to Boston. So uh, I think those two are, are extremely likely. But 
Uh, I guess on that note, uh, any final thoughts? Just please, please don't go get us, Yasso, please. Like, <laughs> if you go get Jackie Bradley Jr., I'll be upset. But at least I know what he is. If you give me another, don't another, don't, don't do that. You give, me, you give me another question mark and another headache to deal with throughout the season, I'm going to be so upset. I, I just I don't know, Terry, what the show would have to look like uh, every week if we had to talk about the new antics of Yasiel Puig because I'll put up with it with Manny. You know, I love watching Manny be Manny, like going into the monster to take a leak in the middle of a game, like all this stuff. Crazy. It's hilarious. It's hilarious when you're hitting 315 and hitting 35 home runs. It's not funny when you're hitting 260. So I just I want no part of Yasiel Puig. Uh, no yeah. shares, baby. No shares. Yeah, we're gonna start doing that. The no share category, no shares. I want no shares. Of that shit. I like it. We're gonna make that a segment. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Just wait till I start my toss the sauce segment. You're gonna be lo- laughing, loving it, living to love, loving to live. Well, all right, for the listening audience, we'll probably be back by the end of the weekend uh, at the latest to discuss anything going on. I boldly uh, assume that there will be a. Uh, show by that point so um, check back with us then and uh, have a good rest of your week hopefully it's mellow there's a lot going on in the world right now so hopefully things kind of chill out and uh, we can start focusing again on sports football playoffs coming up and uh, you know NBA is underway so should keep us pretty busy uh, in between all these signings uh, for MLB so take care